Now entering Nerdist.com. My name is Ben Blacker. I'm the creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel series. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, and let me know who you'd like to see on this series. I'm always looking for new ideas for TV show, movies, books, comics, anyone you like who writes things. Do me a favor, though, and check the archive to see if we've already had that person on whom you would like to hear from. Um, Each and every Nerdist Writers Panel benefits 826LA, the national writing program for students. Uh, Please check them out at 826LA.org. Uh, I am a television writer. I've written for Supernatural, Super Ninjas, and I'm currently on the Netflix uh, DreamWorks show Puss in Boots. Uh, I'm also the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage production in the style of old-time radio, which is a weekly podcast here on the Nerdist Network. If you are a fan of things, you will enjoy the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is coming to your town, if your town is Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York. Uh, tonight, if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, tonight at Largo at the Coronet in Los Angeles uh, is Sparks Nevada's I'm From Earth Day special, starring Mark Evan Jackson and Mark Gagliardi as Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, and his faithful Martian companion, uh, also featuring Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, Bill Corbett, who also wrote a script for it, uh, Glenn David Gold wrote a script for it. It's going to be a really fun show. Come and check it out at Largo. Uh, this coming Saturday, April 26th, We will be in Chicago for our very first show in Chicago at the Merle Reskin Theater at DePaul University, featuring, again, some work juice players, Mark Evan Jackson, Mark Agliardi, Craig Kukowski, Hal Lublin, and some huge special guests who have joined us on the road, Richard Spate Jr. from Supernatural, Tim Amundsen from uh, Psych and Deadwood, Scott Adsit from 30 Rock, Janet Varney from The Legend of Korra, Molly Quinn, uh, from Castle, Ryder Strong, Boy Meets World's Ryder Strong, and Bill Corbett and Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's this Saturday, 8 p.m. in Chicago. Go to thrillingadventurehour.com for a link to tickets. On May 10th, we're bringing the big show to New York, to Town Hall, and we've added some huge guests that we're very excited about, in addition to our already huge guests. We've got Paul F. Tompkins, Paget Brewster, Mark Evan Jackson, Busy Phillips. That's just our regular cast. Uh, and then our, our New York crew, John Hodgman, Jonathan Colton, Ira Glass. Yeah, Ira Glass. Scott Adsit, Terry Kinney, Jackson Public, the creator of Venture Brothers, Paul and Storm. Uh, and more, we've added Dick Cavett. Yes, the legendary uh, comedian, talk show host, television personality, Dick Cavett. Zachary Levi from Chuck. And Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Ackerman. This is going to be a huge, fun show, and we're, we're going to have even more surprises uh, at that show. That's on May 10th in New York at Town Hall. There's still some tickets available. Please come join us for that. We're, we're pulling out all the stops. Uh, all of the links for tickets are at thrillingadventurehour.com. Now please enjoy this brand new theme song from my pals, Paul and Storm. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blecker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. And if it ever goes, we would still be sort of really involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I need to figure out how the hell it's How does TV? Works. Yeah. Who yeah. does, who so does TV? So he interviews practically anybody you'd ever want to talk to. 
all the shows you like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some that I like. I, you have Vince Gilligan probably more than once, and I haven't listened to him because uh, I've never seen the show. What? Well, because, yeah, it's a long Stop story. Stop wasting your time. I know. I know. It was one of those things <laughs> where... There's a lot of me just avoiding... <laughs> there, there are certain really funny. giant gaping holes uh-huh. where... <laughs> It's like, I swear, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. Right. There's never time. Life intrudes. I keep thinking I'm going to rewatch things. Like, yeah, I bought the box set of The Wire. You're in the golden age, man. Rewatch that? that. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, thank you, guys, and congratulations on the big movie. Thank you. It's... uh, uh, we enjoy it. We like it. It's, it's unexpected. It seems to be doing well. Listen, we've got Chris Marcus and uh, Steve McFeely. Steve, Chris, I can I can shorten like that. Yeah, I can be quite familiar. Right, quite we right. did it. Yeah. Um, who are here hot off of Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm. Um, and I want to lead off talking about that, and then we'll kind of get into the, the background and stuff and sure. how you guys write and all that. But uh, the movie is great. It's really a lot of fun. Thank you. Congratulations. People seem to enjoy it. They, they, yes, the fools. Um, are you guys happy with it? Oh, very yeah. much so. Yeah. I told you this is coming. Yeah. Not this isn't coming out for two weeks. You can be honest. No, no, seriously. Everyone uh, will have forgotten. You know, it by we've now. Uh, this is now our ninth this movie with ninth our name on it. Movie. Uh, it's probably the most. You know, I, you write a script and then it, it becomes a version of itself. You know, and mm-hmm. so we've had the experience where we've said, "Well, that's seventy-five percent of what it could have been. Yeah. That's pretty good." You know, and the is, changes are either. Budgetary yeah. or you know, or directorial, directorial mm-hmm. or actorial is yeah. that a word? Sure, uh, we've this, heard that a few times. Yeah. More like a hundred and ten percent. No way. Like it got better as it, we developed it with the Russos, yeah. and then they delivered the movie they said they could make, but we didn't know they could make. Yeah, it's that's pretty, really yeah. interesting. And rare, yeah, uh, very rare. Sure. Uh, let, well, let's talk about that process a little bit. Um, so, you guys were brought on to the first Captain America movie. Yeah. Um, was that your first Marvel gig? Mm. Yes. Uh, and what was the... Were you the first screenwriters on it? What was the state of the story at that point? We, there was no story at that point. Right. Although, technically, they probably brought on somebody... Yeah, I think they had other people try to do a draft at some time in the past, but we've never seen any of them. Okay. And you might remember Marvel went through a bunch of different iterations, so this was sort of... Uh, it may have been during the New Line phase or yeah, something Yeah, there was like the Avi phase and the... Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. So it was, it was that long ago. It was, well, we got that gig in 2008. Okay. They've yeah. had two to three different offices since we started working for them. So right. we've been following them <laughs> all right. around the Southern California area. Sure. Um, and were you brought in to pitch on a Captain America movie? Yeah, we chased it. Yeah. yeah. You did? Absolutely. Yeah. What were you all we knew like, how did is you even get in the that strike. Word? Yes. <laughs> that was... We had been on... Going into the strike, we had been on the third Narnia movie. Okay. Uh, which was getting sluggish <laughs> developmentally, <laughs> yes. and we were uh, escorted off the premises during the strike. Right. Uh, oh well, right. our option was not metaphoric. Yes. Sure. <laughs> um, but and, and that kind of happened across the board to a it lot did. of writers yeah, we, who were working was, on it stuff. It was awkward, and uh, we were kind of bummed about it. Although. It was it was time to leave Narnia. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps we were even there a, a movie too long, but but sluggish uh, development is not unusual in features anyway, oh, even no. for a franchise. Like this. Yeah. for one where the expectations are very high for mm-hmm. that second movie, and it did not deliver box office that right. oh, I thought I it would, and then it moved studios and and so where the source material. material. The source material had no intention of being made into giant blockbuster movies and doesn't isn't particularly conducive to it. Right. So it's like, well, why don't you have a dragon in it? Because it's not 
There's no dragon in it. <laughs> were uh, those the con- kinds of conversations you were having? Well, yeah, there's no bad guy. Can you make uh, a bad guy? Yeah, it's right. like, well, anybody can make a bad guy. <laughs> but right, it's going to be a different do thing. Do you want um, to betray everything yeah, right. that people hold dear? These books sure. have been around a while. Um, yeah. So anyway, so when we came out of the strike, we were free and easy. And, uh, you know, trying to figure out what the next step was. We'd written some things during the strike but uh, just kind of on spec and for yourself. Yeah, just Not to well. keep our... Well. well, I don't know if we ever finished that thing. We finished a draft of it and then became yeah. disgusted. Right. Uh, but we got... Uh, so that... Uh, we got a lot of uh, kids' things offered mm-hmm. us, as you might imagine. And uh, we were really determined to try to avoid doing that because um, we had started before and we did a biopic and we got every biopic sent yeah. to us after mm. that so uh, we were trying to avoid running for another 12 year old girl and uh, then Iron Man hit and Marvel announced we're good we are now going to make hmm. a Cap period movie and a whole no they already made the whole they're, and, they, a, uh, Thor. and a Thor movie mm-hmm. and with the idea that they'll probably make the Avengers and so we said but wow. at that point only Iron Man had opened uh, mm-hmm. Only Iron Man at home, but to to yeah, to hundred gra- million, and then it went yeah. on to six hundred and change. And was it? I don't yeah. recall. But was it announced that that Cap movie would be? I, a period I don't point? know. It wasn't. I don't know. if It was announced, but it had been. It was their intent? It had yeah. been released to the agency world. Okay. Uh, sure. Um, sure. Oh, so I when see. our agent told us that, that got us really excited because we'd actually we'd thought about that sort of thing for a long time of how. What if you took one of these guys and placed him during the time period when he had been created? Like, you know, what if you had Superman in nineteen thirty two? Um, or Batman, you know, in some ways Batman was the most interesting, you know, to think about, like, driving around and, you know, his gadgets would suck. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the I, it's really the only way to do Cap. Like, yeah, hmm. or at least to start. Either, mm-hmm. either you do him, period, or you, yeah. you're sunk. So, yeah. so we had to convince them over the course of six-ish months that the Narnia guys were actually... Marvel friend, the cab guys. So it was less about selling your story than selling yourselves as the right guys. To yeah, I mean they're yeah. super collaborative. You've probably mm-hmm. heard that. There's a lot, you know, uh, uh, and so that they need, you know, any yeah. guys they can work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did. We pitched, you know, a series of outlines to them. Uh, some of which stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, some of which is just obvious if you're doing the, the origin. origin story. Right. Uh, but also they would, even though we didn't have the job, they'd sit in the room with us and go, you know, well, that doesn't work. You know, what if you did that? And what if you did that? You know, kind of and getting who, a feel for whether we would fit into this. Right. And who was the they? Who were they you guys talking to? The, the, uh, it probably was, it was Kevin. occasionally Kevin, but it was mostly uh, <coughs> Stephen Broussard, Jeremy Latcham, guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's, uh, at this point now, there are probably six or seven of those guys, but yeah. it's it, it continues it to be a very more small Kevin yeah. place to work. Because... Uh, he wasn't running an empire then. He wasn't running an empire then, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and we finally got the, finally got hired. Yeah, holidays in 2008. The, yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we have not been able to extract yeah. ourselves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, clearly they were happy. What, what did that initial pitch sound like? How was it different from the movie that we got to see, or how was it the same? There was, whew, there was some long convoluted thing about the, Cosmic Cube had been shattered into many pieces, and you had to go. It was like a treasure hunt. You had to go get different pieces and put together your cube. But it was always try to fall in love with Steve Rogers, the skinny guy. Yeah. Make sure that you were on board that guy's uh, journey before he, uh, you know, received. Yeah. And not try to undercut it or make fun of it. I think Mm -hmm. we went in with 
the first Superman and Untouchables as reference points, where you have essentially a very straight arrow guy who the movie does not feel the need to, you know, give him a skateboard or, you know, <laughs> make him cool so the kids will love him. You know, it's like, no, he, he'll prove himself over right. the course of the story. The he'll story's change. about proving that he is a good, yeah. cool mm-hmm. guy. Right. Well, and it feels like in that way it was very much like a World War II movie. Yeah. Well, that was always the goal. I mean, yeah, was no to rip off to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, Kelly's Heroes or things like yeah. that. You know, just sort of fun World War II movies. Yeah. But it's also, it's the nature of the guy. You're like... <laughs> uh, if you know, if you don't buy what he believes in, you're not going to believe in him. You know? I think that you—that's yeah. even evident in the second movie. Yeah, where you take away what he believes in. Right. I mean, that's that's a great gimmick, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's basic it's, storytelling. Right. Uh, but it really works because you've—we've been with him now for for uh, yeah, years. yeah, and um, you can see the you know you can see the value in it without being preachy, you know. I'm curious about. Well, let me let me ask this first. Were you guys comic book guys? Were you comic book readers? Chris, I had been when I was a kid, and it had mm-hmm. sort of fallen off into books without pictures in them. For God knows why. Uh, <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> but then, actually, in this very store, uh, came here to stock up on Cap Comics when we were trying to get the job because you know I knew the basic beats, but I didn't know where he'd been. And, sure. Right. Uh, so bought those big kind of horrible all black and white ones where everybody yes. looks exactly the same because nobody has any color. Uh, <laughs> and read like 50 years of Cap Comics all in black and white. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, I all... Can't, you can't, It's amazing. Villains are entirely differentiated by color. They all look exactly the same. <laughs> Only some of them are green, some of them are blue, some of them are red. If they're all black and white, you're like, it's the same guy. Right. I don't know what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, now it's work. I get to lie on the couch and read comics and be like, oh, sorry, I don't even work. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you picked up all the stuff, and then what were the conversations you guys had after you kind of sifted through this material uh, that led to, I would say, the character that you guys helped create for the screen, mm. which right. isn't necessarily the comics character. Yeah, yeah, that's Evans too, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the, the embodiment of this thing. Sure. Yeah. It was about that, and this, you know, came through in discussions with, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, with Marvel, and it's the tricky thing about his character is that he's already mm. pretty damn great as a ninety-pound weakling. Right. His like, priorities are correct. He needs, a, he needs a body to fit his spirit, hmm. but the spirit is already there. Mm-hmm. So he's not like some, you know, rogue given a second chance to be good. He's good, which is. You know, initially something I'm pretty uncomfortable with, you know. <laughs> Those aren't people I want to hang out with <laughs> a lot right. of the well, time. It's, yeah, it's a potentially a difficult story, too. It's going from good to good. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, no arcs, well, arcs for him are, are, they are. are hard. We mm-hmm. tend to, he tends to change the world around him, hmm. you know, as opposed to having to change for the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see if we can continue that dynamic as we go forward. But, but he's, I've always said, he's Gary Cooper. You know, like yeah. Gary Cooper mm. doesn't have a dark night of the soul usually. Right, he's unwavering. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's right. a hero. Yeah, um, but that must have led to difficult conversations when it came to first of all, like expanding the universe for this character, which I would imagine you guys were part of the conversations for like the the Marvel movies as a whole. If you're shepherding as much as you can, the cat we get as much yeah. information as they are well, willing what, to give us. What was nice <laughs> yeah. is that you know by nature of it being period, we came before everybody else. Whether or not we were mm-hmm. coming out before everybody else, so we didn't have to accommodate anybody. True, you know, we didn't have to go. Oh, they're doing that in Thor. It's like well, we're fifty <laughs> years prior to that. Who cares? Um, 
but we were pretty faithful. Um, I can't think of any massive changes we made. And we, we got to draw on so many. And remember, we moved him to Brooklyn. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. You grew up on the Lower East Side. Well, it was an easier, the line's easier, yeah. right? You know, I'm just a kid from the Lower East Side. <laughs> the Lower East Side. It's easy. It's true. Uh, but, and we got to draw from a lot of different runs, right? So mm -hmm. there, was, there was a couple uh, where the testing phase was longer. Because in mm -hmm. the original comics, it's four panels, and he gets a needle, you know, yeah, and that's right. it. So we really wanted to stretch. And in the, and in the panel after yeah. that, he's got a suit on. And that well, was, a, that on, was right. another, that was probably the biggest thing was... Right. Just How do we justify this this guy becoming this character? Mm -hmm. You know, Super Soldier Serum, whether you like it or not, is a, is an easy buy. It's you know, it's science and steroids, and right. he's jacked. <laughs> you know, to it is nobody's next move to put on an American flag <laughs> and pick up a shield. Um, right. So it was like, how the hell do we get there in a way that does not immediately make this guy seem like a like a knob, you know. Uh, and that led to the whole USO sequence. And, oh, that's right. Which also helped embroider his character because he became this guy who's never quite getting what he really wanted out of this, which was kind of to be normal. He's always being singled out. He's always being uh, shunted away from where he wants to be, which is with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Fighting um, a good fight. Yeah. Here he's a show pony and all that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and it continues to this day, you know, in two. Right. I finally found a place I can hang out. Oh, they're all evil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, before we, before we get into two a little more, um, there's something interesting in, and it was in Cap, and it's been, I think, in a lot of these Marvel movies, and it feels like it's kind of, the first time I saw it was in the, the first Nolan Batman movie. Yeah. Where aspects of the origin or aspects of this 75 or 65 year history uh, become um, intrinsic to the story that you're telling. Mm. Um, whether, you know, whether it is this USO thing, which, yeah. I, you know, I don't know if that came from it, but uh, the kind of figuring out how to put this kind of sprawling Brubaker Winter Soldier story yeah. into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Yeah. Um, or, you know, a lot of the Iron Man armor stuff we got to see yeah. uh, is draws from the history, but but it makes it practical and intrinsic. Uh, is this part of the discussion among the architects of this franchise? You mean how do we take everything and, and make a... And just decide how do you synthesize? Well, that's, that's the process of... Adapting anyway in anything, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you adapt any book. You're going to make decisions. If it's a, you know, in Game of Thrones, those guys are making decisions that you, the reader, may not make, mm -hmm. and, may, and will embody things that you had already decided in your mind look like this, or mm -hmm. casting and all that stuff. So uh, I, I think Marvel's brave enough to, you know, we're going to make hardcore decisions, but it's also, you know, they have so much to draw from. It doesn't yeah. really. It's not. Uh, it, whatever helps goes in the stew pot. You know, it's, I don't know if it's that rigorous. But it's all, in some ways, it's just the knowledge that there is a u expanded universe. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if I was writing a standalone movie, things would tie up, you know, more tightly. But, and, you know, you wouldn't make references to things that aren't going to resonate anywhere else. You know, right. you probably wouldn't have Howard Stark if there wasn't a Tony yeah. Stark in a whole different section of it. So it's this sort of opportunity to, Take things you would have to do anyway for the movie. You'd need a scientist. You'd a need mentor. Or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 
to kind of draw the thread so that everything connects. And for things like Winter Soldier, we knew it existed. We knew, you know, pie in the sky. <clears throat> if we ever got around to a second or third movie, we'd like to, you know, pull him out. Mm-hmm. So we did things to Bucky in the first movie, you know, cross your fingers that we might get to, you know, destroy his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you bring up a, a good point. I mean, you guys have worked on these Marvel franchises as well as the Narnia films. Mm-hmm. Um, the task of creating a self-contained movie while still serving this much yeah. bigger yeah. story. I mean, Narnia is a little more linear in its story. It's a little more, I guess, like the Harry Potters where you're go- you are going from A through Z, whereas mm-hmm. the Marvel stuff, you know, you're it, it's, it's this huge flowchart. Yeah. Right. right, the simultaneous adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you want to move sure. that big story incrementally, but you want yeah. to tell a satisfying story right. yourself, uh, especially for two. How did you guys work around that or work with that? <laughs> You know, we don't, we're aware of the big universe, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you kind of leave it up to people like Kevin and Nate Moore, who's the producer on the second one, uh, to know whether what we're talking about is really going to, you know, screw up Thor or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, they're just like, you know, do it. Yeah, the mandate is do it, and we'll compensate later. You know. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. It's Um, rare that they say that they take any arrows out of our quiver. mm -hmm. But there's also, I mean, there's big story stuff going on. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Shield, you take down Shield, and Joss is going to have to deal with that in Avengers Two in some way. And was that Uh, brought to you? Was that part of your? That's a big one. That's brought to us where Kevin walks in and says, "I think it's okay to take down Shield," Mm -hmm. and we say, "I think it's "Uh, okay." Well, that's the kind of decision that may have no one's told me. <laughs> it may have stemmed from thinking about Avengers two, mm-hmm. because oh, we don't know that Shield was so right. instrumental in putting them together. Right. You know, sure. You know, eventually you have to let your thing. You know, if you plant that thing, that thing has to live on its own. You know, so okay, we need a movie where the Avengers are their own thing. They're unified now. Right. They learned mm-hmm. how to be a team. Now they have to go be a team. So you got to take Shield out of that equation. But it dovetailed great for yeah. us because, as we said yeah. earlier, if Steve's going to affect the world, right, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is an excellent example of the world being imperfect mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you could argue corrupt. Uh, so that when he takes that down, yes, it will have great, hopefully great import for uh, uh, for Avengers, but it's a, it's a, it's a demonstration of uh, it gives him an arc, you know. Mm-hmm. It gives him, it gives us a, a place to go. And if that wasn't on the table, it, you know, we would have had a harder time. You know, uh, planting a flag and driving towards it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what you guys did really well was find the emotional story that is part of this architecture story. Right. Yeah, Steve fit it, Steve fit weirdly well into right. into a world of corruption. You know, <laughs> you don't take your shifty character and put. Well, we did. We took Natasha, but uh, right. you know, you you take your white knight and mm-hmm. soak him in mud and see what happens. You know, is he gonna? Is he going to enjoy it, or is he going to react badly to being in the mud? Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I mean, and plus we have the, movies, the so. gift of yeah. the Winter Soldier, where you know this guy is, you know, he's a living symbol. He's my best friend has turned into the world's most epic murderer. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go, <laughs> <laughs> like it's impossible not to, you know, weave the whole theme around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you guys approach this uh, from the beginning as you know, like you? 
talked about the first one as being a period movie, a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. Was this from the beginning a conspiracy movie? I mean, it felt like a great it, '70s thriller. It, in a lot that of ways. was the hope, it, but not, it, it, we got to it eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, there was we got the uh, they decided to at least hire us to write a second one before the first one came out, and then in earnest we so the late summer 2011 we started working on it, and went around and around and tried a couple of different things mm-hmm. until we hit upon. Uh, with with Kevin, uh, conspiracy, and when you did that, it sent us back to look at all the old movies and sort of uh, steel structure. Yeah, you know, if sure. you look at things like Three Days of the Condor, he or really even North by Northwest, you're on the mm-hmm. run for the first half, and I don't even know who the hell's chasing me and what the hell the problem. Mm-hmm. And then I figure it out, and then now I can go on offense. I can sort of yeah. you know take. It also bike. turned out to be a great way to keep Steve on his heels as a as the sympathizable yeah mm-hmm. you know little guy you know sure. because he's not a little guy but you know the watchword is to always remember that he's the 90 pound kid you know mm-hmm. he hasn't had no time to develop that guy yeah um, his body got big and then he's been punching people <laughs> and then he was frozen and then more punching right uh, well it feels like you guys have such a firm grasp on that character that any kind of plot challenges are really just that. They're plot challenges. They're plot yeah. challenges and those, are, he's they, those are difficult, but... Well, I have a lot of experience in life just standing in the corner not getting what I want. <laughs> so, you know, it's pretty easy to translate sure, it. Into exactly. the, I can't relate to the big guy. But, right. <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember what I was yeah, talking right. about. When I, I don't know. Either. It's been nice having you here. Yeah, thank you. Good night. Um, I did want to ask about... Uh, working with once once the Russos came on board, yeah, um, and and just working with directors in general. I mean, you guys have worked with some great ones. Um, mm. What is that process like? At what point on on these movies specifically does the director come in? They came on uh, in this particular since late February, I think, of two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. So we had done uh, one draft. A one one draft that was pretty good and pretty much it was very reflective of the movie you see uh, the, although it just got better when the Russos came on and so we spent the next something like eight months uh, you know with a lot of meetings around tables like this just thinking what if and, how, and punching mm-hmm. the script up uh, and, I mean in the, punching it up but also like punching it and seeing where the holes are and mm-hmm. fixing them yeah. um, did you did you find holes in that time? What oh, was yeah. that process There are like? always holes. This particularly the second. There was no. Se- we used kind of the Sid Field model, so mm-hmm. I don't know if the terms are the same. But like the so after the midpoint, but before the end of the second act, there was sort of just a mushy nothing space, and uh, it took a while to find at least something that pretended to be a nexus moment. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> um, uh, and they brought. I mean, they brought so much stylistic inspiration that really then dictated. That's right. The nature of the scenes, like. The what is now the elevator sequence <clears throat> was initially more of a you know hard action chase through the hallways. Mm-hmm. He jumped out the window, but they came in with this whole Brian De Palma tension locked room thing, and it was like that's really much better and probably cheaper. That's cool. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, absolutely, that was yeah. true. <laughs> well, and they're TV yeah. guys, right? They're yeah. used to that. That's right. That's right. That's really funny. Um, but also, but it's good for conspiracy. You absolutely. Know? If you tell me we yeah. just build tension in that this elevator yeah. as more guys get on. I mean, it's just thematic as opposed <laughs> well, it's also, to yeah, it's, more running. It's something you don't get in a superhero movie. You yeah, know? for you sure. Get you know they go to they go to eleven very quickly. <laughs> you know, five times throughout the movie. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and I did want to say, I mean, one of my favorite things about this movie is mm. it didn't feel like a superhero movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that's, it, I mean, it's, that's, the conspiracy thriller aspect was there, and yeah. but it, it always felt like it was about that this is, and that is and his world. It's script, apart. and it's the brothers. The brothers really mm-hmm. brought you know that that uh, you know De Palma sort of you know tension conspiracy thing. Uh, it's also I, Cat, he's you know yeah he's ex- he's super, but he's only so super. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, 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 he's yeah. a he's a very very well developed. Man, no, no, you can't fly or anything like that. And uh, well, that's part of the fun of these Marvel movies too. Is they yeah, each kind of lend it. themselves to a different genre. Yeah, that's well, the whole, and certainly that's the whole yeah. going forward is that they can try to figure out different genres yeah. for these things to yeah. live in. Um, I did want to ask uh, before you guys hit on the conspiracy angle mm-hmm. and you were throwing ideas around. Mm-hmm. What were some of those discarded? Oh, or, it's or probably long not road. <laughs> smart of us to tell you. Um, there was one that was them. <laughs> more based more based in World War II flashbacks mm-hmm. relating to the present. Part of the problem with that was that it led to antagonists who were about 85 years old. Right. Because, you know, you could do that kind of storyline when you defrosted them in the 60s, exactly. yeah. you know. Yeah. It's pretty rough now. Or it's a great-grandson who holds a really bad grudge, right. and you're like, get over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one. That was. It was more like uh, uh, we were aiming for a Godfather <coughs> Two structure, where there's a fairly sure. big chunk in the past, and you would keep going yeah. back to it, and then right around the fourth time you got to it, you would realize, oh, it mm-hmm. absolutely affected yeah. your present story. Because part of what we, I mean, one of the things the first movie gets criticized when it gets criticized, it's flawless, but right. when it Rarely. does get criticized, Idiots. is that there's a very big montage. Yeah. Second half of the second act, that really spans about a year and a half of mm-hmm. time, because we needed to kill him at the end of the movie, and at the end of the movie he needed to be the world's greatest war hero. You know, you don't have time to show him be the world's greatest war hero. Um, he had to have a lot of adventures, and yeah, not right. just the one with the red skull, and win them. Yeah, and win them. Yeah. Interesting. So it, and to give us just practically a chance to go back if yeah. we wanted to cherry pick from mm-hmm. things you imply you hadn't seen everything. Yeah. So that does get some people frustrated. Like, I didn't see everything. No. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there are sleeper robots. Who knows? That's right. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, I would imagine after, you know, you guys knew some of the cast you were dealing with, but yeah. there must have been uh, another round well, of... A lot of round them had of... died. Sorry, not the, you not the, the cast, but the, the, second, in yeah. the first yeah. or second movie. Uh, in the second movie. Second movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you had Steve and you had Black mm-hmm. Widow and, yeah. and a lot of these characters, but uh, you're also introducing some new characters, which means mm-hmm. new actors, which yeah. means another set of notes, I would imagine. Uh, we did a Redford <laughs> pass, <laughs> which is... Cool to that say. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> uh, we uh, uh, so well, that. What are Robert Redford's notes like? Well, they're um, uh, they're gray. They're twofold, right? The first one was we might be able to get Robert Redford, mm-hmm. so why don't you make sure you you know juice all this up? And so you know we really hunkered down and did a pass where we thought we could sort of seduce him, and yeah. then and once you made we, it, we made the villain smarter, yeah, mm-hmm. and right. I think better Perhaps spoken and a little less volatile, you know, less volatile cool. and less. Uh, blatantly evil mm-hmm. you know and then once he came on board he said things like uh, I don't need all these three lines because the one line and my face is going to tell you that hmm. and he's right he's sure. totally right and we were like yeah. your face is no big deal Robert <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, we, it got trimmed down slightly that's um, neat yeah it was, it's, it was it's, it's a big moment when it's pretty cool as for other I mean there were some Scarlet notes there were some Chris notes 
Uh, Chris has a really good handle of the character, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, well, th- this is a yeah. thing that comes up for TV writers a lot, and mm. it's a rarer thing for movie writers. Yeah. But, you know, the familiarity the, with the thing. Yeah, yeah the, sure. The yeah. actors are living with the characters yeah. in a way that you guys are not. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Chris so also remarkably interesting notes. wants less. Really? You know, not, lazy. not that he's lazy. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd really rather be in my trailer right now. <laughs> Throw the shield, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, he. He knows what Cap wouldn't do. He knows this, but, you know, he is held back. He is essentially an observer a lot of the time. And if he gets too many jokes or he's a little too forthcoming, he'll be like, oh, you know, right. I don't mm-hmm. buy it. He had a real influence. There's the opening scene on the, when they're running around the reflecting pool. Mm-hmm. Um, he had said, because uh, first drafts, the, the fir- well, the first few drafts, um, there was a little extra something missing. And he said, as a, person you can recognize on the street you know like certainly a lot of people say something to him and he has a very polite manner with them and sort of sticks and moves right thank you very much and moves on and it's the very rare conversation where he has where there's a second and a third beat you know so sam wilson's gonna have to say something that is insightful that's going to get me to yeah. you know uh, be vulnerable and risk well, that, also, risk that speaks to the that's actual person and not right. the uh the, the same, yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely, that breaks through that. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what it kind of talks about. Uh, it's a, so it was a military thing. It was talking mm-hmm. about you know your bed when you, you know, uh, being in the action versus your you know it's too comfortable when you're home. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, somebody did that to Evans the other day on TV. It was what? Well, like you know, <laughs> broke through. Well, they they did. I mean, yeah, they were like pizza. Yeah, they were. You know, <laughs> he was like answering the Captain America questions very politely, right. and it was, and then they were like, and uh, we hear you like. Uh, you know, Jimmy's Pizza. Jimmy's yeah. Pizza from Boston. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And oh, then they hilarious. walked in with a bunch of it, and he snapped. It was, <laughs> it was great. It was like, yeah, you're right. That is how it works. That is adorable. <laughs> uh, for that kind of thing where where you are hitting on that, you know, sleeping on the bed when you come home yeah. from being um, uh, at war, where does that come from? What kind of research do you guys do? Who do you talk to? What do you read for these kinds of movies? I went to Afghanistan. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, I, you know, we Google the hell out of stuff. I mean, but it's not like <laughs> but we But that's have a very a, specific thing. Yeah, I wonder where that came from. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we may have made it up. Um, I Which just know you get used to too. very brutal things in, in war. Maybe not necessarily even in present-day war, but mm-hmm. remember we, we read, I think for the first movie... Uh, Audie Murphy's biography, yeah, or autobiography. Right. We did. Oh, we sure. Did. Which is demented. <laughs> it was <laughs> just yeah. crazy town. Yeah. Uh, he killed so <laughs> many people and then became a movie star. Yeah. And it's like, that movie star killed, killed like 60 people. people with his hands. <laughs> That's true of four current movie stars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> showed, you know, not to tell tales, but yeah. <laughs> Will Smith? Right. I cannot tell you. Uh, tell you off but he'd have to kill you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But the things you get used to, you know, basically sleeping knee-deep in water, you know, being wet all the time, being moldy, you know, being cut and burnt and, you know, just sort of like, yeah, fuck it, keep going. (laughs) Uh, We watched a lot of stuff for that first one, you know, war war documentaries and war movies and things like that. You know, and then to contrast that with our even plusher 2014 life, you know, must be very jarring. Mm-hmm. Plus, he sat in a chair for 70 years. <laughs> you know. I assume he fell on the floor and frozen. I don't know. <laughs> just big hunk of 
Um, Sam Wilson was a fun character too. I'll talk about yeah. him for a minute. Again, was this? Did you guys bring him to the table? Was this dictated? It sort of was inevitable that you want to, uh, if you know the Cap run, yeah. part of the history. Yeah, yeah, Cap and Falcon were a long run in the seventies as a, yeah. sort of a team up. Um, we wanted to uh, make him a vet. Uh, we wanted and we wanted a, a substantial vet presence, or at least like we always wanted a VA scene. Mm-hmm. Some and we toyed around with Steve actually listening uh, even actually more. Being so, in the meeting, being in the yeah. meeting. Um, but uh, that sort of in, in combination with meeting Sam early, sort of all dovetailed together nicely. Where you know he, he's he's this vet who 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 got out because he lost a buddy. It's fairly standard, but mm-hmm. um, and now uh, you know helps other people that yeah. kind of thing. And that sort of even goes to he was always a social worker, you know. Yeah, in the, in the yeah there was some he of was that, always, yeah. yeah. Um, when he wasn't a hypnotized pimp. Hypnotized pimp. Yeah. <laughs> um, I assume that's for the next I one. Just <laughs> default to hypnotized pimp whenever I can't come up with a backstory for anybody. Um, but also that gave us that in that Evans was talking about. So this is a guy who can speak to mm-hmm. non-Captain America Steve Rogers. Sure. Um, and that was another aspect of Steve Rogers, like, came right out of World War II into the Avengers. He's had no time, hmm. you know. He got, some, he he got, got some turned like into a 90-pound man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, turned into a you know, right. probably 200-pound man. Yeah, from, uh, was a show pony for a little while, then got shot at for four years, then got frozen, <laughs> then got attacked by aliens, you know. Right. He's got to be like, fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what am I do? Um, and you want to poke at that every now and then, you yeah. know, like, you know. Any anybody else would be crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Are, it you, was, are you a little crazy? <laughs> but it was also interesting to see. I mean, I, I did not see Thor two. I apologize. That's but, quite all right. Um, it was interesting to see this take a different ta- a, a different tack from the post New York story that happened in Avengers that mm. Iron Man three did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where that was definitely about the trauma of it. This right. is yeah. moving a little more past it. And what does this character's world mean to him? Now? Right. I mean, he has a lot to contend with. Yeah. Were there, was there ever more about, you know, uh, more Avengers following? No. Yeah. Not no. really. I mean, he was... I mean, Fury's it, plan, I guess, is Avengers-related. Mm-hmm. You know, true. we just got our tail it's, kicked. It's, very, and, it's only yeah. alluded to, though, yeah. which I think is interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, it feels like in a lesser movie, it would have been hit over the head. Over the head. Well, isn't it fun that you can always just say New York... Absolutely. And it means that, yeah. but it also feels like it means something much mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. realistic yeah. and real. And like, oh, I mean, um, that's, uh, we get a lot of gravy smart. off of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, were there particularly challenging characters in uh, this, uh, this film? There's a midpoint where Did, a talking computer sort of gives Zola. you information. <laughs> Desperately Zola. wanted him in the movie, <laughs> uh, but presentationally it's a little like... He's not going to be walking around or moving his hands. <laughs> and, it's, and partly it's know. because uh, it was always meant to be a more grounded, realistic thriller. Yes. And, and even more so when the Russos came on board. Um, and then it's... It, but we needed this... I can only really talk about it here uh, in, with you. Like, you need an exposition dump, you know? Yeah. And, and what are our, our, our options? Mm-hmm. Is there a find a file that says, here's all our Hydra secrets? Or yeah. there's like a, <laughs> like a videotape or something? Like, we, we had the opportunity... Yeah, exactly. It's the Dharma <laughs> Initiative. Yeah, you know? right. So this way, I mean, we had access to a guy who conceivably could have lived then, yeah. wasn't a 90-year-old person, you know, and it, so they had more pluses than minuses, yeah. but it definitely uh, signaled a sort of sci-fi shift 
or yeah. reminded you you were in a comic book movie when mm -hmm. some of the yeah. movie before. Which I, but I always want. I always yeah. fight, yeah. fight yeah. to not forget that because I think you can get a little too, a little too grounded and a little too serious, and then you're like, well, mm -hmm. you know. I'd be reading World War II biographies if I wanted that, but I'm reading a Captain America comic book. I clearly want a little something else. Right. Um, but it, it also, that scene doesn't take you out of the world of this movie right. at all. Well, it's, it, hopefully it sucks you in and it makes you... For, if you're a comic book fan, you're, right. hopefully you're like, holy crap, they brought Zola in, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> uh, and we like the idea of this old 70s tech and that's kind of fun. fun. But it's also the big midpoint reveal. Yeah. You know, this it, is... It is the, yeah, it's the story of the whole movie. Yeah. In its weirdest scene, which was a little like <laughs> when people would suggest changing it or, or like, can we lose this whole scene? It was like, well, it is actually the whole movie. You know, <laughs> come out of that. You yeah, don't gosh. have Hydra, which then, yeah. Eh. yeah, nothing. yeah. Um, Interesting. I think that's a sign of a well-structured script. Uh, <laughs> they can't far. take out the or most poorly structured. We put in this <laughs> thing that couldn't be taken out. All Listen, parts should be that's removable. Fine. That's right. Lesson one. <laughs> Zero. Zero. Uh, this is the kind of nerdy question we do not allow on this conversation. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. On okay. this podcast. But Aristotle here wants to know. Bring it. <laughs> Zola's uh, uh, algorithm. Yes. Yeah. Does that play into Avengers 2? Uh, uh, we're not moving on until you tell us. Uh, <laughs> I, I have zero comment. I don't... No, I really don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let us talk about uh, where you guys came from. I'm always curious to talk to writing teams, uh, mm. because I am part of a writing team, about how you guys work together. Um, I hate asking you how you guys met, how you started working together, because I know you have told that story one million times. Do you have the two-sentence version? lie every time. Do you come up with something yeah. better Circus every camp. time? Yeah. <laughs> we tried doing that for a while. <laughs> Bare knuckle boxing. Uh, how long we were the only two left standing. <laughs> For how long have you two been working together? We met in '94 in grad school as sort of the only two guys. With, uh, we had a very similar senses of humor and a very small program at UC Davis. It's a fiction writing program, yeah. not even the screenwriting oh, program. So yeah, uh, and then in '96 we moved here. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, probably started writing in '95. So call that. You know. Yeah, so we're at uh, 19 years. Jeez, Louise. wow. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Have either of you been married that long? Uh, uh, no. Oh God, no. No, 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 no. I've been nothing that long. Um, um, when you, it's interesting that it was in a, a fiction writing program. Mm -hmm. Did either of you see yourselves as screenwriters? Oh, not in the slightest. No, not when we got no. there at all. I, I think I, for Christmas someone gave me a book, How to Sell Your Story in Hollywood. And I came back from Christmas break and showed Chris, hey, how to sell your story in Hollywood. <laughs> and meanwhile, we had spent, we, we didn't have, we met each other there and didn't mm -hmm. know a ton of other people in town. Mm -hmm. So we, I remember spending several nights watching Baywatch, mm -hmm. splitting a six pack and going, and we said, wow, Yo, somebody wrote great. great. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And so we spent. We, I mean, how hard could it be? Yeah, we outlined a couple Baywatches, and then sort of got more serious as the as the year went on, and then convinced a, a professor the next year to, to give us a few credits for if we could could hmm. make a screenplay happen. Yeah, uh, there's one great thing yeah. about Jack Hicks, who was running the program at that time, was you know he found nothing particularly noble in starving for your, your great <laughs> short story. He was like, <laughs> "That's right, still writing." That was really important. That's a good attitude yeah. to learn, I think. Yeah. You know, especially for a young, could be pretentious. Oh my God! Well, yeah, we, in fact, well, it's yeah, also we sort of all of these the programs yeah. issue far more non-writers than they do writers yeah. because you've got to go out and eat food, and right. you know, right. 
it's damn hard to do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it was it was a way to potentially buy food. We, we are the great sellouts in the, from <laughs> the but, Davis uh, Fiction Writing well, Program. Well, and, and I mean, screenwriting and television writing is very much learning a craft. Yeah. I believe. It, yeah. it's not, or it, you know, very few of us get close to making it art. Uh, right. Um, yeah. It's it's woodworking. certainly not alone. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, and, and that's part of why. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it is so collaborative. Yeah. Um, so when you guys set out to say, you know, after the initial, hey, we could write a Baywatch, uh, mm, and yeah. then you turned it into this uh, screenplay, yeah. mm. uh, how did you even learn the nuts and bolts of screenwriting? We got uh, books. We um, we got Sid Field's book, and we mm-hmm. got Lou Hunter had a book. I think he used to. Or mm-hmm. Wait, what, is there formatting in the Sid Field book? I haven't looked at it in years. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe there's maybe formatting. a little. But there's, it was, uh, it was the story. You know, basically it was three-act structure with sort of a midpoint and a couple pitches. Mm-hmm. You know, so you were working in, uh, what, six block, six chunks. Um, and then Lou Hunter's 434, he wrote a really bad... My, the glass say, Really bad screenplay in there. The whole, like, he's... So here's so here's what I've decided, and here's the outline. Yeah. Now let's write the first 17 pages. And he writes in and we go, okay, that's... <laughs> we could probably do those, you know. <laughs> Between and Baywatch very and that. Yeah, yeah. It all became very doable. It, very doable. <laughs> uh, so what was that first thing that you guys collaborated we, on? Well, we actually, <laughs> even before... We wrote a couple friends scripts That's right. just to like okay That's how here's old a, we are that was fresh and here's new. a model <laughs> let's take a whack at it uh-huh. you know um yeah, they were all right. You know, I don't know. But it is, I mean, that is a show, and, and I've said this on the podcast, uh, mm. that I've recently gone back and watched all ten seasons of that. Okay. And you watch six of those, and you understand how to, how this show ticks. Sure. Yeah. Because it is a sure. machine. Well, that's yeah. one of the best things you can do, particularly, I assume, as a, uh, yeah. certainly as a screenwriter, but particularly as a TV writer, is if it's a mystery to you, you know, how these things work together, yeah. just... You know, take your notepad, break it down. Right, yeah. you can see there's an A plot, and there's B plot, and a C plot, and here's and here's how yeah. they weave together. Yeah. It gets demystified end, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. When you guys started getting serious about doing this for a living, did you do that with certain movies, certain TV uh, shows? Um, take them apart, probably, reverse engineer them. Yeah, did we? Um, <clears throat> You know, it was mostly the books. Uh, I mean, we were really inspired by Seven. It scared the hell out of us. It came out when we were in school. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and our first thing, we wrote two friend scripts, and then we wrote a thriller, which was not good. And by about no, I think I think you're exaggerating. It was <laughs> unbelievably bad. Yeah. Was we, it the right number of pages, though? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that had a midpoint. Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. You have to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't know. I mean, I still think the best thing we've ever done, the most important thing we've ever done as screenwriters is never show anybody that script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we would have been dead in the water. One, people have just said, this is awful. Right. Don't stop. Don't stop attempt this it. career. Give it up. Yeah. Uh, and we would have tried to fix it, which would have been pointless and would have wasted time. Mm-hmm. And somehow we were just like, oh, okay. We were brave enough to Let us never speak of this again yeah. and put it away. Yeah. And well, then Let just, me ask you, since it will never see the light of day, mm, what was um, the hook to this thriller? Thriller in the Napa Valley. Awesome. W- probably, yeah, I, I think, uh, victim of 
priest what? abuse comes back to kill the family of the priest who had left the priesthood yes. and had a couple kids. Yes, and had now opened a winery. Um, and was and there were cops. Well, like, there were cops. And, uh, and, it made uh, sense at the time. Sure. Yeah, it was... Uh, That's great. Yeah. I think there was just a lot of there was a priest abuse cop. going on around at the time. And it was like, how about that? We had to write what we knew, Ben. <laughs> no. And Steve used to be a priest. <laughs> so it could have turned into a romantic comedy. Exactly. Yes. Um, Father? What... Um, what was your how? How did you guys even find working together? Like, how did it work? Did you break story? Did you well, sit down that, and write that one? Earlier, yeah. That one we learned how to do it by doing it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like, which we, I think every team yeah, kind of yeah. figures Argued out how over to do it. We we, so we wrote that one with one without a screenwriting program. <laughs> uh, we just yeah, typed right. it yeah. um, and then center uh, justified yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we wrote it all together. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm I'm not sure I put the comma there. Really? Because I really think the comic should go there. <laughs> Maybe this is a bad idea. That was um, a great test for a team. Uh, so when we got around to writing the second one, we were like, uh, we should write this separately somehow. We created a system that we use to this day. Which yeah. is what? Uh, we outline it together. You know, and that's the long days where it looks like nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we have an outline we like and the powers that be have blessed it, uh, we split that up. Mm-hmm. So I'll take one through seven, he'll take eight through 14, and we'll come back together once a week and put it together so we mm-hmm. at least get a feeling and we can read it out loud. And but then we don't, don't, we don't edit change it at all. On it at all and just, oh, interesting. Yeah. That's you cool. know, even if you're secretly going, that's, that's, right. that's how it is. Right, yeah. um, you just go, great. Yeah. And just keeps sticking more bad scenes onto the end of it until it's yeah. until it's done, mm-hmm. and then that big, uh, lo- undoubtedly long and repetitive yeah. draft, uh, we then attack as if somebody else wrote it. Mm-hmm. So it's you know some idiot named Marcus McFeely yeah, now has wrote that, and we have to revise it. It's like we got a rewrite job. Yeah, um, yeah. and, that's then, a, that's and then, then we're back in the system. same room, and we're getting in and out of the chair, or passing right. it across the room through the internet, things like that. Awesome. Internet. Yeah. Um, what do you I, I will let you answer for each other unless mm. it's easier to do it yourself oh, fascinating um, what do you think each of you brings to the team or oh, or funny. what did you bring early on because I know oftentimes that, no, it all starts yeah. I don't bring it anymore <laughs> I initially brought upper body stretch sure <laughs> that's evident <laughs> ladies you can't see him but mm. right. I can barely fit in this room <laughs> uh, you're supposed to answer for me oh I'm answering for, well uh you know, along with a base level of competence for both of us. <laughs> sure. We knew how to write. We'd read each other's fiction, so it was like, okay, this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not dealing with someone who's seen a movie and going like, hey, I'd like to write a movie and has never written, you know, because that's, right. I think that's one of the enormous roadblocks that some people who want to break into movies get is they've never written anything. The first thing they've ever written is the screenplay that they are now showing you, you know. And there's so it's many tough. fucking mistakes that you're going to make and you have to make. Yeah. And this is the first time. And, there, you know, it's like, so I'd seen that we had both made the mistakes, right. which was right. great. Right. Um, he is epically well-organized and structured one. and yeah. uh, committed to deadlines <laughs> and <laughs> obligations and where, where we should go next. <laughs> and I'm usually just trying to get out of working, so it's like that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. That's, I've that's learned, right learned how, to, how to get the most out of him. 
Kentucky rented It's a meal. carrot and stick, yeah. and like, here, here's a uh, beer. Did you like the carrot? You liked the carrot, didn't you? It's due uh, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and Chris uh, stops us and me from taking the first idea that uh, we have. Um, I would have gone down a lot more roads a lot further without examining them, and he is uh, much slower to, to, to jump on that. And he'll poke at it a lot longer until we mm-hmm. get the right idea, and usually in an inspired one. I'm just slow to enthusiasm. That's true. Well, I mean, there, there is something, and, and honestly, this is what my writing partner does, too, mm-hmm. and I think you wind up with a much stronger oh, yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah. We've always thought it's, uh, I, we like to think that it's vetted and that it's yeah. gone through both yeah. brains it's and it's sort of Slightly pre-edited, yeah. you know, before it gets to the the note givers. Yeah. Uh, so then how did you guys start to kind of make your way? What, what was the breakthrough script for you? We The second thing we wrote was, well, when writing the terrible thriller, we had started to make fun of it as we were going. <laughs> And the funny, always a good sign. The funny stuff was more creative than the thrilling Mm. stuff, but we cut it all out because it had to be very dark and thrilling. And this time we were like, "Well, just let's leave all of that in." You know, I don't care whether it's saleable or resembles a movie in any way. Like those parts felt better. If we're going to do this, we should. Yeah, I mean, we were. uh, Somebody probably told us this, but we, uh, you know. Uh, we had the confidence that if we if we wrote something good and and and, it, and we had a career as a result of it, it better be something we will could write ten more times mm-hmm. yeah. because they're going to try to pigeonhole us. Now that's weirdly not worked out in the same way because we've done a number of different things. Mm-hmm. And, and but but so we wrote a dark comedy and it eventually got made. It was called You Kill Me, mm-hmm. but that was our first sort of. Uh, it was never to show around. It was never supposed to get made. Like yeah. we really wrote it as a writing sample really? without much intention of. Trying, you know, pushing right. for but it. We just yeah. wanted like something. Yeah, this is an us. honest representation of us and what we can do. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing where the passion absolutely comes. It through. Com- absolutely comes. Yeah. Through. Right. Um, so how did you right. get that into the right hands? Uh, well, we had moved to town in '96 and gotten jobs, uh, sort of answering phones and looking mm-hmm. stamps and stuff. And the guy I worked for was a producer named Mike Tolan, and he had a company called Tolan Robbins back in mm-hmm. the late '90s. And uh, and he said, "Listen, when when you finish that script, you let me know." And because he knew my dream was not to you know answer his phone, uh, and so one of the smart things we did is we didn't you know as soon as he said that we didn't hand him anything the next day. Yeah. We took nine more months to make that thing a shiny diamond. Yeah. And then when we did hand it to him, he read it, liked it, gave it to two people. One of them said, "Hey." You know, and prior to that, we actually talk. did we did a table read with like people from my office. Right, it's great. At my it crappy job, so valuable, and it was it was very valuable because there were people who were like, you know, the female character is uh, featureless, and <laughs> unlikable. And like, I guess I just like featureless, unlikable, women, <laughs> really but not fun. everybody does. <laughs> Uh, and that got us hip pocketed, uh, and then so then we you know sort of went around town and all you know the, um, the standard okay. thing. Two quick things. Um, mm, yeah. The first is that is a great piece of advice. Uh, that is part of your story where you didn't give him something the next day. Yeah. I think that's yes. something that <laughs> writers who are starting out make yeah. often make that mistake. Which yeah. is, I have a thing. He I wants to thing. see it. That's yeah. Right. 
Uh, and yeah, making it that that shiny diamond yeah, yeah. Uh, is very and important. Being hard on it, you yeah, you have to punch it because they which is hard to do. No, it's because if someone's telling you. So so here's yeah. I mean, you had this plan, right? And <laughs> luck was going to meet opportunity, and here it is. Yeah. Are you really ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we knew we were nine months away from it. Yeah, ready. that's right. And people aren't going to read more than one bad script yeah. by you. In fact, they're probably not going to finish the first bad script. Especially if there's typos. Oh, right? Oh, um, even in the age of spell check, there are still typos. Let's How punctuation, do you do it? you guys. Yeah. I can't spend more time reading it than you spent writing it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing is, uh, please tell our listeners what uh, hip-pocketed means. Uh, hip-pocketed means that uh, the agent is kind of representing you. He sort of makes the last call of the day about you, you know. <laughs> You're in the back of his mind if he's right. got really bad jobs available. Right. And you are not contracted to the agency mm-hmm. right. you know it's sort of like if you guys get a job yeah. we'll get you a contract and then it'll be real right but otherwise we're just kind of you know which it's a it's an odd thing because it's an agent is working for you but not but very not hard. very hard yeah right which is better than no well yeah it's better way than more no than but way uh, more than we had in, and he did get us a job yeah mm-hmm. um what was that first first gig First job worked was working for Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman yeah. writing a, that's a good script actually. That's what, uh, it worked out well, but didn't lead to mm-hmm. too. It didn't get made. Well, it did. Oh, lead, it led to our new it, agents. Uh, it led to our new agents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's true. It did. It was it the did. story of a. There's a silent movie theater. I actually don't even know if it's still a silent movie theater. It's a movie. Theater. The one on Fairfax. On Fairfax, oh, yeah. where the charismatic, eccentric owner had been shot. During one of the movies, yeah. turned out his boyfriend had hired a guy to kill him so that he could inherit the gold mine that was this silent movie theater. Uh, <laughs> and it was just this twisted Hollywood story that Bill Pullman really loved. Yeah. Interesting. We weren't gilled, so they could pay us next to nothing, mm-hmm. which was made us very appealing. Right. Um, it was great for us, but we couldn't quit our day jobs. Right. Yeah. I would imagine it was a few thousand dollars. It, you know, it was probably thirty. That's um, not bad. I remember twenty-five. Bad. I don't know. Even so, that's you know, yeah. that's pretty good right. for that first. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thing that you know. But, you know, so twenty-five, and then you lose a bunch of taxes, and then like, right. okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it took forever. Like it's not like it was a six-month job. It was probably almost a two-year job. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, at one point it had a director, it had production offices, it fell apart. Yeah, yeah, um, it uh, oddly enough, though the "You Kill Me," which was the writing sample that we used to get that job, when that finally got made, Bill Pullman was in it. He was in it. <laughs> so right. everything That's comes good. around. But that yeah. script, then it was Pullman's agency read it, and, and meanwhile, not to bore you, but like, so we had uh, uh, our agency had sort of been pushing us into the broad comedy direction. Hmm. And so we did end up getting into the guild because we sold a pitch called Taco Dog. Mm. The less said about, the better. I don't think that's part taco, <laughs> part dog. And, uh, uh, and and we weren't real happy with the direction our career was going as yeah, a result. Was just like, oh, this so, is bad. Oh, the Taco Dog guys. <laughs> Listen, that phrase haunts me. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I We understand. literally asked the agent, are you selling us as the taco dog guys? And he said, yeah. Of course I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. And it was like... Oh. So when oh, a, uh, when Pullman's agents read it and kind of whispered to us, do you, do you want to be the guys who wrote true story about murder at Silent Movie Theater? Or And we went, yeah, probably better for us. Yeah, that's great. And that, when we left, we moved to the new agency, and a month later, we got the Peter Sellers job. Wow. Which is the HBO movie, yeah. Had they seen the 
silent movie theater script? Yeah, that's all they read. That's what they read. Oh, wow. Yeah. It right. certainly wasn't on Taco Duck. Uh, <laughs> mm, that will rear its head someday. <laughs> we never wrote Taco Duck. No, we, <laughs> it was just that was, a pitch. That was because somebody thing. came back we sold from vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and went, you bought one? <laughs> well, literally, they hadn't asked Taco Bell for permission to use the dog. It, it, for the awesome. for the young people out there, there used to be a series of commercials with a talking chihuahua who loved tacos. It was Carlos Alasraki, uh, who's a great voice actor. That was, that was on, yeah, who I've worked with on our He was not on board. Yo Quiero Taco Bell. Um, and it was, uh, they then, then we had a contract and a movie they couldn't make. Yeah. So they shunted us over to another really bad idea for a comedy that they had gestating over here. And we wrote a draft of that, and that's the draft that got us into the Writers Guild, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, got us into the, we got in the Writers Guild probably with the worst thing we've ever written. Easily. <laughs> that's yeah. often the case. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's the first yeah, yeah, thing. No, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not something you're you, proud I've of. I've always said that. You can't pick your first job. Yeah. Yeah. You have to you say yes to that job. job. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know, you, the career gets forged when you say no to stuff, mm-hmm. if, you can, if you can. Yeah. yeah. That's, at what point were you able to start saying no to stuff? Post-sellers. When mm-hmm. we started getting offered a lot of biopics, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, it was okay. This is this is clearly a a long road you could go down. Right? Do we want to do that? Because the Sellers movie was very particular to Peter Sellers. Not everybody is Peter Sellers. Therefore, you know, right. he made that movie interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you give me, you give me, you know, somebody who I'm sure was lovely, but you know, had a very pleasant home life. You know, the Dick Van Dyke movie. Seems like a lovely man, you know. I don't know if the movie's going to be that interesting. Um, what road did you guys see yourselves oh, going down? One of everything. Like we don't have a. That's right. a thing. If you look at our resume, it's weird. I mean, yes, there's really there's now there's a couple of franchises in it, but there's a dark, couple dark comedies. Mm-hmm. Two, one's a, whatever you think, Pain and Gain. That's a true dark comedy thing, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of different stuff on it, and it's we always thought of uh, the greatest. You know, thing you could say about us is if you said, "Oh, those guys can do just about anything." That yeah. would be a great compliment if anybody bothered to say that about us, right? <laughs> um, but that's a tough thing. I mean, for a screenwriter to do, it it boxes you in in a different way. You know, yeah. we didn't even do it on purpose. Like, Sellers led to Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. uh, because Andrew Adams and the director had read Sellers, needed a rewrite, didn't want kid guys, wanted character guys, oh. and so and we, you know, had grown up. Uh, you know, yeah, we read those the books. Our, those mm-hmm. were our kids' books. You know, sure. like we both knew those really well. And so when we got that gig, then we stayed. That's the thing. We 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 stayed in Narnia for yeah. five years or whatever. We're we're uh, very agreeable. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we don't like change. People ben. people don't. <laughs> they seem to not want to kick us out of the office. <laughs> I find myself quite irritated, but uh, you know, we play well with others. I guess, mm-hmm. which is not something I ever thought would be said about me, but. <laughs> It's not usually said about. I think we just well, you're bouncing around. We have an understanding that it's a collaborative process. That's we true. don't go in like, "Don't touch my stuff, man." Mm-hmm. You know, which is so hard. I mean, it's it's hard to say, "Don't touch my stuff," when you didn't invent the stuff. Yeah, sure. You That's know, true. like yeah. that wardrobe's not mine. That shield isn't something I yeah. created. It does allow you to be yeah. not quite so precious we're, about we're, it, but it is still your story. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it's I mean, we're trying to bring as much as we can, and, mm-hmm. and you know, and it also depends on whether you're working with people you respect. You know, That's true. Kevin comes in with an idea. You know, he's listen. He's, he's very, very good at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. clearly, and is so. You know, he's running a great. You know, clearly he's a great businessman, but he's also schooled in every movie of this 
yeah. of this kind and, and he how it knows works. Story and, too, which yeah. I think oh, is yeah. interesting. Very well. It's very clear. Yeah, uh, which isn't always the case with an exec or a studio yeah. that you're working right. with. And he knows big story. You know. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that being agreeable for a moment, because mm. uh, I think this is something <laughs> we used to talk about a lot on these panels, which is writer behavior. Yeah. And, yes. you know, we've moved towards process because clearly I can't be helped on my behavior. No, listen, yeah, no. That's, uh, uh, um, you are what you are. But, you know, the saying yes and no, the being precious or not mm-hmm. being precious, the letting go of things, or, or the, the, you know, trying to be aggressive about your career. Yeah. Which I think is something a lot of young writers do in a not-so-nuanced yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, what can you tell us about this, just about getting along, which I think <laughs> leads to longevity? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we don't say no that much in, like, development notes. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have long discussions about it, and there'll be things we know we don't want to do, and we'll be... Guided away from the, the, that terrible mm-hmm. idea that they keep saying. But you're in the same room and you're having that conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can, it and, is collaborative. You know, and if they keep insisting on it, more often than not, we'll take a flyer at it, you know. Yeah, because we've certainly been wrong. Too, yeah. You know. And we generate obscene amounts of pages, you mm-hmm. know, for the final movie. You know, mm-hmm. there's demos of scenes that never happen, there's wow. 8 billion versions of scenes, and they, they're all handed in, you know. Could go this way. Could go this way. Could go this way. He could say this line. If you tip on the, you know, double click on that tab, there's five extra jokes. You know, so it's like <laughs> that's great. It's partly a way of not making any final decisions. You know, oh, you, oh, I guess you picked the wrong joke. We didn't write the wrong joke. <laughs> Should have picked the other one. Um, but it's also, you know, there's just so hard to know what the right thing to do is. You know, and I don't claim to, you know made two superhero movies now. I don't know how to make superhero movies, you know. Um, You've made three superhero movies. <laughs> Thor! I'm yeah. still on your resume. <clears throat> I mean, Thor is on our resume. We should we should address Thor at some point, but... Um, mm-hmm. what, what that, was that a rewrite? Joe? Yeah, we were yeah. one of about eight different yeah. writers yeah. on that, and um, so it was not a slam dunk we'd get credit on it. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. did a couple of good drafts and, and helped a lot, yeah. helped out a lot, but... Structural, yeah. mainly. Structural mm-hmm. stuff. Taking what was already there and making it happen at the right time, which yeah. so the guild never... viewed as creditworthy, <laughs> well, and I thank them. That goes a long way. Right. But they <laughs> often <laughs> overlook structure. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It was, so that's not our baby, but uh, yeah. we're certainly happy that the movie did well. Sure. And it's, it was, it's, I think it's a very fun movie. Um, what were we talking about? Getting along? Getting along. Yeah. Well, yeah, Being well, a person. <laughs> yeah. We generally don't try to do more than the job we were hired right. for, you know, and don't you know, we'd like to direct, but we have yet to go. I mean, partly this is a result of we have not gone out with specs. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so we've never been in the position to go. Well, we won't. You won't. We won't let you have it unless we direct or star. Right. Um, and we probably, you know, if we generate a spec, we probably will do that. Right. Odds are it'll be you know a five million dollar movie, so we might be right. able to you could say we could, we could do that. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it was a hundred million dollar movie, we have no business doing that. <laughs> we and we don't uh we don't pick fights with people. Like so when we, when someone says something terrible, we nod, smile, and then in the you know, in the parking lot go, What the fuck? Right. Uh, and and we'll you have each other. Each other. That. Yeah. That's what's that's helpful, very helpful is that you usually we'll get off the phone, call each other and one of us will just rant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it's uh I, I can't 
uh, uh, I can't stress enough, like when you find a, a group and a, um, it's one of the reasons we're sticking at Marvel, not to blow sunshine up their ass, but like it's really well run and a small group so that it, when you respect people, hmm. it's much easier to hear ideas that you don't agree with because they may be right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like it's tougher when, when you don't, yeah. Uh, we've had rewrite jobs uh, where we kind of just smile and nod because we know this is insane. Um, yeah. And, and then in that case, there's no, for the same reason, for a different reason, there's no reason, there's no need to pick a fight. You know, if it's a, we're on a five-week rewrite job, we're there to do what right. someone has asked. Yeah. And so yeah. if even if that's going over a cliff, we're going to escort them over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, nice yeah, and more often than yeah. not, you when you're in that job. situation, yeah. you've been thrust into it. Intractable war, you know. <laughs> yes. Where they got the script. This guy have. wants this movie. This <laughs> guy wants it. this movie, and neither of them is ever going to let go. Right. You know, and you're there because it's this guy's turn to get his movie. <laughs> and when you hand it in, this guy will then hire somebody right. else to refuck it up. You know? <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, then you just smile and nod. And yeah, there's too many reasons to be a, 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 a gentleman, you know. And we're we're fun, we're funny. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We bring snacks. I'm glad you told me. <laughs> yeah. um, and clearly, it's working. I mean, obviously, Marvel likes working with you. These other entities have enjoyed working with you. They keep they keep giving you the jobs. It's been uh, nice. They like they like the work as well. Um, let me ask you before I ask you what is next. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the role? I have I've talked to a couple of the Marvel writers, but mm. I, I haven't gotten asked this. What is the role of the the Marvel creative people, the Joe Casada and Brian oh the Dennis. New York committee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there it does get sent off to them. I think there's yeah. four guys on the committee now. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know they get to weigh in, and we certainly had uh, particularly in the first one before we had bought any street cred with them. Mm. Uh, we 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 don't talk to them particularly. We met them socially, but mm-hmm. uh, Kevin will sort of filter their notes down mm-hmm. and say, "This did not fly with the committee for X, Y, and Z reasons." No. And as the universe has gone on and done well, we have certainly, uh, I th- I'm guessing, but bought a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, sure. Uh, flexibility. Some, yeah, yeah. Some goodwill from. Yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, they're the, they're the keepers of the <clears throat> bottom line standards of the of the characters. You know. Yeah. If you were going to say, like, Cap smokes a cigarette, sleeps with a prostitute, and then, right. you know, then goes and kicks some ass, they'd be like, he can't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> uh, it's good to know those wrong roads. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Um, um, all right. Yeah. But so, they, so particularly at first, they were the keepers of the, of the character, and as the... They still are. I won't discount yeah. that. But as the universe has gotten bigger and as there are more movies, mm-hmm. you know, now there are a few more people who, who you could argue have a good sense of the character. Mm-hmm. They still have the final say, and they, yeah. if they really want to put their foot down, they totally can. Mm-hmm. But that's, a you know, well over half the reason this grand Marvel Universe experiment is working is because they're faithful to the characters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They haven't decided... These are stupid characters that we should reinvent That's for Hollywood. The they don't you know. talk down on them. They don't reinvent no. them. They yeah. don't put them in the role. They've been the buying it they're, they're for seventy years. There yeah. seems to be someone thing that people like. That's the thing. You always go back to like it's been working for seventy years. It's not your job, Hollywood, to you know make it more appealing to the masses. Your job is to serve that damn thing up for them yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they want that. Yeah. And it's you know increasingly obvious that it's not just kids. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You for know? Sure. yeah. Whether for it's sure. a dirty secret or not, you know. 
fully grown people, men and women. <laughs> with yeah. with Avengers making the money it did, I mean, yeah. even with yeah, Cap yeah. Two doing as well yeah. as it did this weekend, yeah, it's not just it's for not kids, just kids. and it's not just for nerds. Yeah, I can't tell you how many people just on Facebook turn out to be nerds. Where I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> you have <laughs> any interest? You're in your 30s, and you went home and built something out of Lego. <laughs> <laughs> You're really bad. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk quickly about what is next for you guys. Mm. Uh, I know Cap 3 is on the horizon. Cap 3, yeah, like you guys we, just, are we just came from Cap 3, and we'll go back tomorrow. And yeah, sure. Uh, cool. Yeah, so Cap 3 is going? consuming at the moment. Fine. Um, <laughs> we're on a very tight schedule for this one because this is the first time we've... Uh, well, no, I guess we sort of knew... No, when we started Cap... There was when no we started there. writing Cap 2, we didn't know there was going to be a Cap 2 for real. That's true. You right. know. Now we have a release date, which is, you know, like a tomorrow. competitive release date? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and are there Russos on for this yeah, one as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the only way we Marvel could meet I would the imagine. date, really, yes, is this yeah. team works. Let's keep it, let's roll it right into the next movie. Uh, um, and, and how did Story Break work for this? Are you picking still up doing pieces it. Yeah, from yeah. the current movie, from oh, Avengers? Yeah, from yeah I mean, uh, if you saw the current Kuna. movie, we certainly laid down some threads that need to be picked up mm-hmm. um, and we're trying to figure out how hard to tug at all those threads yeah. currently. And we've read Avengers 2 and trying to figure out whether we... Oh, tell us know, everything that happened. Tell us everything well, that happens. you know... <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> Super gorillas. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's DC. Yeah. <laughs> no, Marvel also has Super Marvel gorillas. Marvel has gorillas, yeah. It's it's it's, I think they've just been operated on it, which were awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you've read that, and so, so we read that. So we know what he's done, and, and what, what yeah. we can do as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's, you know, we, yes, we've gone back to a bunch of runs of the comics, and what do we want to pick oh, up? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. always cool. Uh, and the the Agent Carter show, are you guys involved with that? Fingers uh, crossed. We, yeah. We've written a pilot. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we didn't. We weren't involved with the short. Mm-hmm. That's which, Eric Pearson. Eric right. Pearson, Lou Esposito directed, which it. came out really well. Yeah. Um, and there was a mandate from. Voices above, like this could be a TV show, so we did the pilot. Uh, How was that process? How was uh, writing new that for pilot? us? That's the thing. That's yeah. why I started listening to your show. It's because <laughs> I want to know how does TV work. If we ever got in a room, how what do we did get you learn? along with others? Well, one of the things is, I, I, I learned sec- your resume yeah. every time. Sure. It's the second Sorry, pilot we've ever written. We wrote a pilot for. Uh, you kill me as a TV show at Showtime a couple of years ago, that's which didn't right. get picked up, but. Dangling, th- it's it's against my gut instinct to leave dangling threads. But then you realize, oh, you got to have this many episodes, and then it's supposed to keep going after that. Yeah, like def- don't kill him in the first episode. Uh, yeah, so like that first, well, you kill me felt like a short movie. Like yeah. when we wrote that for Dude, was that a half hour or an hour? It was an hour, oh, uh, yeah. and it was basically taking the premise of the movie and or the first act of the movie, yeah. turning it into an hour, and being more serious about both the alcoholism and the. Uh, Gangster mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Uh, for Peggy, um, uh, it, the script turned out pretty well, but it took us a while to figure out how a network television show with act breaks works. Yeah. You've got to sort of gin up tension and danger and yeah. that kind of stuff. And uh, also, like, particularly a pilot, you know. Yeah. Pilots are obviously, it's yeah. unlike writing the series. Yeah. It's you got to like give each character. Just enough definition so that people are like, oh, that's the handsome guy who has an ego problem, you know, and it's like, so he's got to walk in and say, I'm handsome and I have an ego problem, <laughs> essentially, you know, because you don't a have lot time. Of time yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, right. But we did, we also were treating it more like, um, not a 22 episode thing, but mm-hmm. like a special eight episode, cool. uh, 
you know, mid-season yeah. thing or something like that. Right. Uh, and ABC has yet to decide on it, mm-hmm. uh, but it, they uh, they have not killed it by any stretch, so we're hopeful. Cool. Yeah. It remains viable. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a great idea. I mean, it's oh, a show it's that should be out there. Alias 1946. Yeah. Right? Done. And she's right? great. Yeah. Like, she's cool. And no, no. she will be great on TV. Cool. Like, yeah. she really comes off. Yeah. Um, uh, any other projects in the works? Uh, no, not really. Uh, we, 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 we had a thing. We were I, that's to what I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we had a we had a thing which fell apart. Um, but that you were trying to direct. We were yeah. trying to direct, and we lost the rights to the underlying material, uh, so right. um, that went out the window. Okay. But it was uh, it's whetted our appetite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily as like auteur directors, but like you sure. know. But it's something you want to try. Yeah. yeah and that's what if a, you don't filter it at, well, through other people once we're done writing? <laughs> yeah. What if you just <laughs> and Marvel keeps you on set, right? So for yeah. both movies, like we moved to London for five months last time, mm-hmm. and we were on set every day for this one, this last one, which was in L.A. And uh, more and more, we're starting to leave the pastry table and sit in the chairs and watch and ask questions. Cool. Because, you know, what the hell does that lens do, and why yeah. are you making that decision, and that kind of stuff. What a great learning experience. It is. I mean, it's, you know, at high end, obviously. Yeah, it's, I mean, right. any uh, movie we'd wind up directing would bear no resemblance <laughs> to, you know, it's like... A, you know, a, a, a fifth of the crew uh, but, <laughs> right uh, it's, but the basics are there yeah, they, they, there <laughs> is a camera we'd be forced to be forced to have people in actual locations as opposed to enormous right, right. green <laughs> rooms oh I cannot imagine it's, it's so bizarre it's a little nuts um, we end as we always do uh, what are you watching on television what movies have you loved what are you talking about to each other what's getting uh, you inspired well, or what are you reading? I right. guess people. I trot out the tired old caveat that I have a ten-month-old baby and haven't. I literally have not seen a movie except are. Captain America <laughs> <laughs> for a year. Um, I have been. I watched this season of Walking Dead. I thought it was actually thought it was really very good and mm, so much better. <laughs> like, not I'm not casting aspersions on anybody, but it is yeah. a, like. Think somebody could teach a class about okay, these are essentially very similar stories. Why is this working so much better over mm-hmm. here? Uh, and it's something about pacing, and it's something about. I think it was a great idea to break them up into little parties going down the train <laughs> tracks, so that you weren't having the same people having the same conversation every week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and other than that, it's just like I, I just try to make it not cry. Her. I try to make her not cry. That's right, Father of the Year. Yeah. Um, I liked True Detective a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, particularly it's all its choices and style and stuff. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. I watched all of Sleepy Hollow. You don't have to be embarrassed. You know what? I just like my uh, fiance said we're watching this because she loved it, and then I kind of loved it. It's really watching. I I mean, it's like a great B movie. It was a great B movie. I was, and that guy is magnetic. I just so excited to watch that guy. Like I know he came out of nowhere. Is there a headless horseman? Yeah, he's great. That's the other smart thing is by by sort of really tying it to the Revolutionary Mm. War. He's got this, you know, the the British are coming outfit, and he's got no head, and it's petrifying. Yeah. He's got some like great designs. Does he, is, like does a, he have a, is he a character? Well, he's like a killing machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the Terminator. Okay. Uh, that was cool. I uh, sort of uh, for work I watch Agents of Shield um, <laughs> and work. Blacklist most sometimes. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. 
Right. Did, or did you learn things from these network shows about how to write this network show? Oh yeah, once yeah. once yeah, we certainly cracked uh, a much. I, I could pay much more attention to the act breaks and and call out the bullshit ones, right? Like like oh, they're just right. trapped in an alley. That's not tension, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah. we went to commercial. Yeah, uh, also went back and you know did look at Alias. Um, oh, the at pilot Alias to that is extraordinary. Yeah, it is. It is really it's a season. Like, anybody else would have gone, why are you wasting it all in the first episode? Yeah. Like, it's like three different layers of perception get torn off, and it's like, yeah. literally, you could have spent the season doing that. Yeah, it's really, um, it's really good. Yeah, admirable. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we should recommend that. We should I recommend. missed that show. Pilot writers, go yeah. check that out. Go I always forget about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it holds yeah. up. It totally does. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Oh, thank you. Congrats really again on the movie. A pleasure. Hey, guys, one more thing. Uh, We're still doing this retreat in Orvieto, Italy, which I am teaching, a two-week workshop uh, whereby you will write a script, a TV script, a movie script. You can work on comic book stuff, whatever you want that I can help you write. We're going to spend two weeks writing in Italy, about 90 minutes north of Rome in this beautiful little town. Uh, There are not very many Americans there, so we're the worst ones there. Um... And it's, it's just the most fun you can have while actually getting work done. Um, about half the group last year came out with really excellent drafts of um, TV pilots and, and movie scripts. Uh, and I think this year will be even better. I think we have about six uh, people signed up, and we're looking for a couple more. Uh, you know, and I'm looking for some high-quality writers and humans uh, because you know we're all going to be hanging out for two weeks so i'd like some good people and if you listen to the nerdist writers panel then you are good people so come to italy uh come for a couple weeks write a script and you know you never know what'll happen one of the students uh, who wrote a script is now in this year's atx pitch competition another one has had some interest from agents and stuff um it's it's pretty cool uh and and you know I know you guys can do this. You just have to put aside the couple weeks. Join us in Italy. Go to michelangeloscreenwriting.com. That's, you know, like the artist, Michelangelo. Screenwriting.com. Click on the Orvieto Retreat, Practical Film and TV Writing. We'll do some kind of basic stuff, but really it's a workshop. I treat it like a writer's room, and, you know, we all sit around and we work on each other's stuff, and it's collaborative and it's fun and like I said, let's get some good people there, uh, which I know that you are. MichelangeloScreenwriting.com. Come right in Italy. Now leaving Nerdist.com.